this just in. Aaron Rodgers bought a tube of toothpaste. At this point, it's my intention to play for the Jets. Anything that falls short of this Jets team not winning the division, oh boy, watch out. This is Rodgers Watch 2023 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. When it comes to me, they don't know All right, well, the waiting game continues here over the last, I don't know, 48 hours or so. We've heard from Brian Gutekunst, Matt LaFleur, the Jets GM is talking. Here's the one big difference between the Packers and the New York Jets. The New York Jets have an owner who's going to get real jumpy real fast. Yes. Maybe more so than the GM who's trying to play it cool. Maybe more so than the Packers GM who's trying to say, look, we're good to go. Like, we'll, we'll just, progress is being made. We're optimistic. He can play sort of the cool guy card. But the Jets owner hovers over this entire thing in New York, and I feel like Woody Johnson is an impatient man. Yeah, he is, Greg. He was uh, interviewed at the uh, NFL meetings that are going on down in Arizona, and uh, Woody Johnson said, I think we're anxious. He goes, we're anxious, I guess. We look forward. We're optimistic. We have a plan. We're willing to stick with our plan. I don't think anybody is hyperventilating. But then he went on to say... (laughs) That's a lot of words. That is a lot of words. He went on to say, look... We're in when mode now, and he said, also added, I've been in when mode now for the last 23, 25 years. So I think the owner is getting a little jumpy. Hyperventilating is a perfect word to describe that. So if the owner gets anxious here, Greg and Sandy, then doesn't the GM have to accommodate the owner and say, okay, we need to get this done? if he's getting skittish about this Rogers thing happening. It trickles down. Absolutely it does. So I, And I say yes to that because there were reports out of New York that Woody Johnson was very much interested in Aaron Rodgers, but that other members of the Jets organization, GM, was interested in Derek Carr, right? So Because they thought they had a longer runway with Derek Carr. So this is going to get very interesting. I still believe the draft is somewhat of a deadline, and the Jets feel like Aaron's their guy because... Nobody is discounting his level of quarterback play historically. I think people are a little wishy-washy on him because he's wishy-washy. <laughs> but he still retires or leaves Green Bay or whatever happens as one of the best of all time in Green Bay. I'm, I'm not discounting that. Well, just today, Sports Illustrated put out an article about the top ten Green Bay greats. And where do you think your boy Aaron falls on the top so, ten? So not just quarterbacks, right? All-time just all-time players? players. Correct. Okay. Correct. I would have to put him at least in the top five, Greg and Sandy, right? I mean, oh, I think so. Easy, right? I, yeah. I would think Star, Favre, and Rodgers all end up in the top five just because he put so much well, importance on the quarterback and, position. And then you're talking about the likes of Reggie White and Ray Nitschke and, and other Packer greats. You're going so, through that whole, yep, yep, you're going it, through the whole archive. Well, he's not number one. Uh, he's not number one. He wants to be number one. Well, of course he does. Uh, number one, Don Hudson. Oh, Don there you Hudson. go. Yeah. Wide receiver from the early years, 35 to 45. But Aaron Rodgers, right there at number two. Okay. Okay, and here fa- we go. And Favre's got to be behind Favre him. Favre is number three. Okay. This is why Jets fans are eager and interested. Well, and, and it seems that the sticking point right now, uh, according to a lot of reports from the Green Bay camp, from the Jets camp, and just from bloggers in general, is will the Jets part with that first-round pick, which is number 13 overall? Right now it seems like the Jets don't want to give that up because that's precious. Green Bay would certainly want that. So you got to think that Green Bay is haggling over, can we live with a bunch of number twos and a bunch of future picks and not get the number 13 overall pick? This remains a big question. The Packers will not get, I think, market value for Aaron Rodgers. Gut feeling. They traded him a year ago, then, yeah. 
Can I just request year, that Aaron Rodgers and all of these announcements don't happen tomorrow on Brewers season yes. opening day or on Monday please. when it's the home Let's opener? Just kind of let it breathe <laughs> a little bit, can we? Let us have our baseball, please. Like, I can't have that much excitement in one day. Like, I, I internally combust and will not be able to do the program. I can promise you that. Dom Catronio, Brewers X3 Innings, joins us at the Barrel Yard coming up on the other side. Vince Vitrano with a look at opening day's history after this on WTMJ. Well, the Brewers begin the season on the road in Chicago tomorrow. Won't be long before the crew is back home here at American Family Field. WTMJ's Vince Petrano tells us the Brewers' senior director of grounds will have the grass green and ready to rock on opening day. Baby, let me mow your grass. Yeah, we're taking off the blankets, throw blankets, put them on right before Christmas time. The process we go through every year helps the grass from not going dormant, allows us to be ready for opening day. Yes, the blankets are off inside the ballpark. They serve an important purpose through those cold winter months. Yeah, so the grow blankets help us keep the soil temps up throughout the wintertime when we close the roof and stuff. It allows the grass not to go fully dormant. That's what happens to our grass, but saving that step speeds up the green. It would go fully dormant. We wouldn't be ready for opening day. It just keeps the grass green basically throughout the wintertime. And now for the fun part. And then we'll start top dressing and mowing it and start getting the pattern in for opening day. Get off my lawn. Baby, let me mow your grass. I only want to mow your grass. I'll mow it with style. Cut it with class. Honey, can I mow your grass? Vince Vitrano, WTMJ News. I'm not sure that song is entirely about lawn care, but that's a different story for another <laughs> and time. And it sounds like Vince Vitrano singing. I, I really did. I thought it was. was singing, but uh, nonetheless, the Brewers' home opener is Monday, April 3rd, a 110 first pitch here against the Mets. You can hear it on WTMJ. Back from Arizona are the Brewers and our good friend Dominic Catronio, host of Brewers Extra Innings. He gets everything rocking and rolling this weekend, baseball permitting in Chicago against the Cubs. Don't put that negative energy in the world right now. I'm trying to speak baseball into existence for tomorrow, but I don't know what that's going to mean for Saturday and Sunday. I'm bundling up. You better be bundling up. And I'm ready to play some ball tomorrow. I am just jazzed up for this baseball season. Honestly, there's so much happening that I don't even know where to begin, not just with the actual team, but with baseball as a whole, that the product is going to be so much more exciting this season. So I do want to ask you this, because so I spent a week at spring training. Dom was there for a full month. He's has family in Arizona, so we turned him loose, man. Go have at it. Have some fun covering Brewers baseball. But you also saw all the new rules on display. Is there one that you appreciate now more so than you did going into spring training, or has your opinion been swayed anyway on on the new rules? As somebody who came from minor league baseball, who have seen the clock in action, I knew that the moment we all saw it, because so many people only saw the number, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, with nobody on base and runners on base. Like That doesn't sound like a lot of time, but in practice... It's plenty of time. And I think one of the things that we're learning is maybe 15, some guys are saying it's a quick, but it really isn't. It's about the batter being ready at eight seconds and all that. The pitch clock 
feels natural. No one's staring at the clock. No one's counting down. No one's panicking about the fact that, oh, my God, they're at two seconds. Oh, my God, they got to throw it. No, like, no. Literally, I don't think I saw a Brewers pitcher have a pitch clock violation for the final two weeks. It was so old hat by the end of camp. So, Dom, you were in the clubhouse pretty much every day taking the pulse of the guys as they ramped up and got used to the new rules. When it's all said and done, did you get the vibe that the guys are in general okay, or are they still grumbling about it? I think everyone's okay. Uh, even Craig Council confirmed it. We will see more hiccups these first two weeks. You know, Look, pitchers have been very, very open to me about, oh, I'm going to try to find as many loopholes as I can that I haven't shown yet in spring training. So there's a lot that's going to get thrown this week. Craig Council's even said that to us. Like, hey, there's going to be content coming of arguments and things of that nature. But I think... For one, MLB, you got to give MLB its, its credit here because they said, hey, we want to do this. They, they were on this in August and September of last season. They officially announced it in November. They let everybody get ready for it. There was plenty of buildup, so nobody is caught by surprise by these new rules. Dom, I love hearing the energy in your voice because as soon as I walked in here, we are broadcasting live from J-Line and Kugel's Barrel Yard in the hot corner, what used to be TGI Fridays. But as soon as I walked in and I looked at the windows and I can see the field and the sun is shining and the players are practicing, I'm like, oh, oh, like I got teary-eyed. I got super excited. And they've been teasing me that I'm fangirling, but just to be back in this vibe. So I love hearing your enthusiasm. You've just watched baseball for a month. For those of us who've been kind of busy and haven't followed spring training all along, who are two or three players that you are particularly excited about seeing this season? Go get your Garrett Mitchell jerseys right now. I mean, this kid is going to be a bona fide superstar. Not that anyone's really surprised by that. The way that he finished September last year, a true spark plug. Uh, I really recommend everybody check out the Freshman Series that the Brewers put out on their YouTube channel. A great little three-part mini-series about the prospects on their way up and everything going like that. Garrett Mitchell is going to be one of those guys that is easy to root for, that is a heck of a baseball player, and quite frankly, a dynamic personality. He loves the fans, and the fans love him back. Uh, How do you not talk about the pitching? Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Devin Williams. How can I even pick one of those guys? Uh, But then on top of that, too, the kids. Bryce Terang has made this team. Uh, Sal Freelich is on the way. Joey Weimer is on the way. The kids are going to play and make an impact on this team. It feels a lot like that Braun Hardy fielder crew. I'm not putting that on these guys, and Council's been careful about that, but saying, look, there hasn't been this much excitement about a position player core since those guys. Here's one thing I'm really excited about, and we talked with, with Craig Council at length about this. Craig thinks there's going to be a lot more stolen bases this year, which I think is fun. And I'll talk more about this in extra points, but baseball wants just more things happening. Yes. Right? They want the pitch thrown a little faster. They want the ball in play. They want people running. They, they don't want lazy pickoff moves the first pace where fans kind of boo arbitrarily. I they like want, hustle. I like yes, hustle. Yes, and you're going to see that because the pickoff rule, Dom. This is what I'm fascinated. You can, you can make that move twice to first base to try and pick a runner off. But on the third time, if you don't get them, they're awarded second base. So it's like a do-or-die situation. Players are going to cheat off. I, I'm fascinated to watch how this plays out. I don't think you're going to see 110 stolen bases no. from a player like Vince Coleman back in the day. But Garrett Mitchell might steal 50 bags, 60. Legitimately, Bryce Terang stole over 30 in AAA last year as well. Yelich stole 20 last year. So there's plenty of opportunities for this team's already built for speed and is built for this new era. What I look at with the pickoff, remember the Brewers have the guy with the best pickoff move in baseball, Eric Lauer. And Eric can kind of use that as a weapon saying like, oh, well, he thinks I'm not throwing over again because I've already thrown over twice. I saw him pick off multiple runners during spring training in that exact same scenario. And don't forget about the catchers 
back-picking the first base as well. That's another way to know in order to yeah. keep the run game in, in check. And William Contreras got a cannon arm back there. Well, 162-0 is in play for everybody. It is in play for everybody. another 12 hours. Going into tomorrow, it's in play for everybody. Hopefully the Brewers can get off to a great start. Make sure to listen to Dom Catronio throughout the season on Brewers Extra Innings. Just does a tremendous job. First appearance will be Saturday. Saturday. We got we got pregame, and then we've also got the postgame. So we're ready to rip. Yeah, looking forward to that. Dom and I will be at Wrigley tomorrow with an abbreviated Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Sandy, you'll have some fun with us. Hopefully uh, you're able to watch the game and hang out, and hopefully we'll be a... Warm enough in the yeah, press I would say box. I will only be wearing one Brewers hoodie, while the two of you will probably be wearing three or four. That sounds about right. <laughs> we need a lot of coverage up here, my friend. That's right. A lot yeah. of co- you know the hair for radio. Right. I'm wearing hats when it's 50 plus. All right, <laughs> good stuff. We will get you some business headlines and stock market watch coming up in just a moment. It is 4:27 on WTMJ. You're listening to Wisconsin's Afternoon News Come see what's on WTMJ. Travel Wisconsin segment here on Wisconsin's Afternoon News, sponsored by TravelWisconsin.com. Shared moments of joy, easy to find any season inside Wisconsin's tremendous attractions. Here's to making memories regardless of the forecast. On a sunny day here in Wisconsin, who knows, it could be snowing tomorrow night. In fact, I think it's going to be sandy. <laughs> but that shouldn't prevent us from making plans and doing things in this great state of ours. We welcome in... From the uh, our part of our Travel Wisconsin segment, Amanda Weibel. Hello, Amanda. Hello. Thanks for having me. You know, I've lived in Wisconsin all my life, Amanda. I grew up near Madison before moving to Brookfield. Cave of the Mountains was always a thing we did as a family. Such a cool place to visit, regardless of the weather outside. That's so true. It's such a great place for a nature-based adventure, and like you said, it does not matter the weather. It's open year-round for tours every single day. And you'll discover these amazing caverns, unique crystal formations, and other geological wonders. The cave is actually a national natural landmark. And it's a constant 50-degree temperature inside, so it's a great option to cool down in the summer or warm up in the winter. And they host a lot of events throughout the year, too, beyond just the, the tours to the cave. They have science talks, and they have some upcoming black light tours, which look really, really fun. And in the warmer months, you can explore the grounds to the cave. They've got great hiking trails, gardens, and other activities for kids. And I think there's even something to do after you go cave exploring. There's some great food around there. Absolutely, yes. So head to nearby Barnevelle for Oak House Pub. It's a family-friendly restaurant that just opened last year, but it's already a really popular spot for Midwest-inspired dishes from burgers and sandwiches to pizzas and salads that highlight local ingredients in a cozy atmosphere. You can also have some magical times near Appleton. You can learn about the daring escapes of Harry Houdini. That's right. Did you know that Wisconsin was home to the world's most well-known escape artist, Harry Houdini? It's so fun. He lived in Appleton for four years as a child and always considered the city to be his hometown. So you can visit the History Museum at the Castle in Appleton to explore the hometown hero. The museum's exhibit, a.k.a. Houdini, takes you through his childhood, early career, his rise to fame and legacy. You can discover photos, videos even artifacts used by Houdini himself. And the kids can even join in the fun. You can step into Houdini's shoes by performing some of his iconic illusions, like escaping from a jail in the interactive exhibit. 
so fun. And then, of course, so many the kids, I would say, just so many kids love magic. Absolutely. Right, right. So how fun to actually get to, you know, see some of the things that Houdini used himself and then be a part of the action and help perform one of his magic tricks. So much fun. So, it, Amanda, we're always looking for things to do with our two little girls, whether it's up north, southeastern Wisconsin, the western part of the state. What's going on in Violets County that we might be able to take advantage of? You'll want to check out the Northwoods Children's Museum in Eagle River. It's such a great spot. I mean, Eagle River is a wonderful destination for lots of outdoor adventures in every single season. Um, but when you're looking for something in, indoors, the Northwoods Children's Museum is fantastic. It's open Monday through Saturday and has 24 carefully crafted interactive exhibits, like the Energy Expedition Room, where kids can learn about energy production and how it gets into homes in some really fun ways. They have hands-on activities about water and wind energy, glow-in-the-dark toys, and much more. They also have an art studio where kids can participate in a weekly crafting project, they can take home a souvenir through the popular sword a shirt activity, and they can paint on a wall. It's actually meant to be painted, so the parents will appreciate that. Well, for more information, make sure to check out TravelWisconsin.com. Build your itinerary. Make sure to see this great state regardless of the month or the weather. Amanda, thanks so much for your time. We'll check in again soon. Thanks for having me. You bet. It's 446 on WTMJ. We're supposed to be joined by Raleigh Fingers, the Hall of Famer scheduled to appear the people have arrived, no doubt about that, here at the Jay Leinekugel's Barrel Yard inside American Family Field, where celebrities are walking by every moment we see. It's 4.45. Well, the Jay Leinekugel's Barrel Yard is where we take you to. Broadcasting here until 5.30, we pave way to Bucks basketball. Greg Matzik, Sandy Max, Bob Brainerd, and... Hall of Famer Raleigh Fingers joining us at the table. Welcome back to Milwaukee, Raleigh. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Uh, you just commented on how the grass looks so nice here at American <laughs> Family Field. At, at County Stadium in March, you were going to play. Dude, we had snow on the sideline when we opened up here a couple times. <laughs> it was cold. Challenging conditions, no uh, doubt. Uh, yeah, baseball's changed a little bit. It's a great place that we have here, too. And oh, this is nice. All the stuff you can do at this stadium right now, right? Oh, yeah. yeah they didn't have anything like this when, when I was playing. You're lucky to get a brat in the bullpen sometimes. <laughs> Well, it's not, it's not your first time being back in Milwaukee. In fact, we see you a lot. You know, you're here for golf charity events. You're here, you know, here for baseball events. You really, when you came to Milwaukee and became a Milwaukee Brewer and put that jersey on, which he's wearing a Brewer jersey, yes, Raleigh Fingers jersey. <laughs> But there's something about this place that makes you continue to come back and give back to the fans. Well, the, well, the fans were great when I when I first came here in '81. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it was this is a baseball town, huh? and if you put a winner on the field out here, there are people are going to come out, and we uh, we'd have packed houses here, especially in '81 and '82, the series years. So uh, it was. Uh, I enjoyed wearing the, the brewery uniform. It was it was fun. Uh, I had a good time uh, here in Milwaukee. I lived out in Mequon. You know, it's about 20, 30 minute drive every day, fighting the traffic getting in here. But, <laughs> of course. But <laughs> it's still the same. But uh, I, had, I had a lot of fun here in Milwaukee. The fans were great, and uh, it was nice. Enjoyed it. Raleigh, we love seeing you back in the Brewers uniform now. We love that you are going to be the life of the party here at J. Line and Google's <laughs> Barrel Yard. In about 10 minutes, you are going to be signing autographs yes. for longtime fans and new fans who are turned on to meet you and see you with the handlebar mustache. You are showing up well, the way I, we want to see it. A lot of times when I do stuff like this, when the young kids come up and say, do you really know who I am? <laughs> and they say, yeah, 
You see, your, you see your picture all over. But what does that feel like for you to still oh, be great. turning people on? Oh, it's still it's still great. You know, when the people stop recognizing you, then you worry. So uh, especially here in Milwaukee. Not so, a Hall of Famer like you. Yeah, right. You'll be tapping beer, I think, at some point, too. I don't oh, know. Yeah, I'll I'll give, I'm supposed to be giving away beer, I guess. So. Are you going to be playing with the band? Are you, can you do drums? <laughs> no. Don't, don't put an instrument in my we'll, hand. We'll keep you off that. I, well, you know, a lot of changes right now with baseball rules. It's It's been a while since baseball changed up the rules. I have to ask you about the pitch clock and that idea of hustling your routine along. Is it a good move for baseball? I, Would think, you I, think, it? I think it's a great move. I was a, I was a pitcher who, uh, if I got the ball back from my catcher, I knew exactly what I was going to throw. I'd be on the mound, and within 10 seconds, the ball was in the air again. And I hate watching pitchers out there who get the ball, and they're walking around out there for 45 seconds. And that just, it just puts your defense on their heels. They get tired. They, don't, you know, they, want, to, they want to get the ball game going. And uh, really, I think they put a 15-second clock on it. They yeah. could probably put a 12-second clock on it. But if I was a pitching coach, I'd tell my pitchers, get the ball in your hands and get it in the air. Make the make the hitter call timeout. Get get him out of his uh, out of his you know his things he usually does. So uh, I would. Uh, and that's going to the only way you're really going to speed up the game is because there's so many pitching changes now. And uh, you know then the guys go out there and then you have eight warm-up pitches. They really all they have to do is throw one or two warm-up pitches, and they're in because they, they know when they're coming in. Sure. So uh, that that rule I think is a, a good rule, speeding up the game. Uh, that's about the only way you're really going to do it. Raleigh, I got to ask you if it still sticks in your craw because it sticks in my craw <laughs> that you weren't able to be a part of the '82 World Series itself. You, you, it was you had to turn it over to Pete Ladd, of course, right. but it, it had to drive you nuts and be a fire in your belly. Oh, so why can't I be out there? Uh, that's uh, that's probably the worst time in my career was uh, the last month of the season in. Uh, in September in in '82, uh, not being able to throw, I, you know, I threw one, I threw a couple of pitches, and uh, we were playing Cleveland. I threw a couple of pitches, and I start, I felt like a sting in my arm. And I threw two more, and then that was it. Uh, something popped in there, and uh, it was uh, it was all uh, red in my elbow. So I knew something was wrong, mm. and uh, uh, there's just no way I could have pitched in the World Series. I wish they would have. They kept me on the roster. I don't know why they did, but they should have. Uh, taken me off the roster completely, and uh, I think they could have added Jamie Easterly, and it would have been another pitcher, uh, left-hand pitcher in the bullpen for us. But uh, yeah, I was that was a sad time for me because uh, you know I waited, uh, waited four years in San Diego and didn't get into any uh, postseason, and then all of a sudden I'm here in two years and we're in the postseason. It was uh, it was fun, but uh, yeah, that was a dark dark time for me. All right, Riley, it's time to play a game. Oh, a game? Okay. It's called Five Questions. <laughs> oh, God. Are you ready to play? You got to be smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. I don't think you just got to be honest. Yeah, your oh, okay. honest answer. Oh, five questions. As okay. Bernie walks by with the same mustache you have. Oh, yeah. I think you do it go better. Figure. There you go. You gotta, I don't know. You got to change the color of that or something. You need some wax. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, question number one. When was the last time you didn't have a mustache? Oh, golly. Yeah. Uh, 1972 spring training. Wow. That's when I, that's when I started growing this thing. Uh, Reggie Jackson came to spring training with a mustache and wouldn't shave it off. And so all the guys on the team got on him. There was no mustaches, no facial hair in the big leagues in. And so we started, there's about five of us, Catfish Hunter and myself and Daryl Knowles. And uh, we started growing mustaches. And we figured if we grew mustaches, Dick Williams, our manager, would say, okay, guys, cut it off. And then Reggie would have to cut his off. But Charlie Finley uh, got wind of what was going on, and he thought mustaches were a great idea because it was different. And so he sent a memo to the clubhouse 
and uh, said anybody who makes the ball club 25-man roster opening day, you get a check for $300. And that's the only reason why I grew this thing was for 300 bucks. And the so, swing and A's, yeah, right? Yeah, so Charlie uh, came down in the clubhouse opening day. He had 30 checks, 25 for the players, four coaches, and a manager. And everybody got a $300 check. But then you couldn't amazing. get paid to shave it off. No, no. <laughs> I yeah. You stuck to your guns. Oh, was, oh well, Marge Schatz wanted me to shave it off. When, and uh, Pete Rose called me up, wanted me to come spring training with him. And I said, great. And then the GM called up the next day and said, uh, you can come, but you're going to have to shave your mustache off. And I, I told the guys, you tell Marge to shave her St. Bernard. And I'll my mustache, and I never heard back from him. So. Oh, amazing. All right, here we go. Question number two. Who was your toughest out? Oh, they're all in the Hall of Fame. Jeez, uh, uh, Frank Robinson was a tough out. Harmon Killebrew. Um, oh, God. Uh, line drive hitters were a pain in the neck. Uh, Rod, uh, Rod Crew, Pete Rose, uh, George Brett. Uh, Joe Morgan, uh, those guys were line drive hitters, tough to strike out. I'd much rather face a, a home run hitter in the game situation because you're more apt to strike them out or hit into a double play. But in game situations, I didn't want to face those kind of guys. Question number three, what was your first car? My first car was a 1956 Chevy. I signed a bonus with the Oakland A's. Uh, or was then the Kansas City A's. I got a $13,000 bonus. I gave my dad 3000 bucks. Bought my mom a sewing machine. She wanted a sewing machine. I bought a 50, uh, 56 Chevy, and I blew the rest. <laughs> so that was, my, that was my first car. And I, that's when I could fill it the whole. I could fill the thing up for three and a half bucks. <laughs> Gas was like twenty five cents. Question number four: When was the last time you sprinted? Last time I what? You sprinted. Oh golly, sprinted! <clears throat> well, I I've been uh, I usually walk at, at home. I, I haven't been able to. I got the spinal stenosis right now. I'm supposed to have an operation. But I uh, up until about four months ago, I would walk three or four miles and I'd sprint about uh, a mile in between, just uh, just running a little. All bit. right, but, still getting after that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got to. I eat too many, too many pizzas and spaghetti and stuff. I got to burn it out. And a final question: What was consumed more in the Brewers clubhouse in 1982, tobacco or beer? Oh, beer. <laughs> no hesitation. No, no hesitation or beer. Yeah, there were some guys that had the, the clubhouse guy would have to have a. I remember Frank Howard after every game. He'd have two six-packs in front of his locker every game. <laughs> and that was just for Frank, right? That's just for Frank. Yeah. Well, at least it wasn't pregame like Gorman had. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're probably right. That's a much different game. Raleigh, it is so good to see you, man. Enjoy your night here at the Barrel Yard. It is so good to see you and have you back in Milwaukee. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thank Enjoy you, the start of the Brewers' season. Raleigh Fingers, a great Hall of Famer joining us here on Wisconsin's Afternoon News.